Welcome to This is the Jet Life with Dan Burnham, your guide to the New York Jets sports and much more. And now, your host, Dan Burnham. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of This is the Jet Life. Today's episode coming to you two weeks after the John B. interview, a really fun interview, I thought, two weeks ago. I was going to do an episode last week, ended up moving it to this week because there's only so much content even coming out right now. And in reality, this is probably like the biggest lull of Jets news that you can have in an entire offseason. You know, after the season ends, like January 3rd or so, all the way up through free agency in the draft, and even like a week or so after the draft, there's a lot of excitement and stuff going around, thinking about stuff. But now the team is set, and they're just kind of like working exercising, more conditioning than anything else, getting ready, going through the motions and whatnot, but we don't have any new news or updates or film or anything like that. So it's kind of quiet, but tons of exciting stuff coming up still. We're going to have plenty of good podcast episodes, and this one, we get to talk about the 2021 schedule, as it is officially official. It's been out for a little over a week now, so it's not you know, super new, but we've got three, four months to fully digest this thing before the Jets actually have to play a game, so... Perfectly fine there. We're going to talk a little news and notes. My dad got a father time for this one, but other than that, it's going to be probably a pretty brief episode. We will find out as it happens. But before we begin, I need to remind you to rate, review, subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. It is under the Gang Green Nation podcast. The series title is This is the Jet Life. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jets underscore Dan. So the first order of business in this one is just to talk about the news that has happened over the last couple weeks since last episode. The Jets claimed Austin Walters, a running back from San Francisco in 2020. He only had one rush for three yards. He had one catch for 27 yards. He's 24 years old. Really no history there. The only thing is he's got a connection with Robert Sala. Is he going to be a guy that ends up making the final roster without serious injuries? Absolutely not. But if he impresses, he could be a practice squad guy. And he's one of those people that already kind of knows Robert Sala's mentality and the way he coaches. He knows, you know, Jeff Albrecht. He knows LaFleur. And so when you bring him in here, it's kind of just more consistency. Somebody else that can be, I wouldn't say a coach on the field, but just a consistent mind with the coach. Because there's a lot of new people. And there's not enough time for everybody to focus on everything. It's nice to have some people that get the way you're thinking in there to kind of help send the message along. So Austin Walters is there. To get him, we had to cut running back Pete Guerrero, who's been in training camp with the Jets before, but has never made the roster. Just another guy. I mean, swapping one for one. He'll play in preseason. Austin Walters will. Pete Guerrero, we won't see him. But uh, not a big deal there. Arthur Ballett, he will not be back with the Jets. He's signing a one-year deal in Pittsburgh, so he's a guy that started 11 games over the last two years for the Jets. Never really stood out as being a great player. Had a couple nice special teams moments here and there, and he's moving on to Pittsburgh, so we'll see if he can kind of get his career going in a more positive direction there. Some of the news people were talking about, the Jets worked out Tavon Austin like a week ago. This guy's 31 years old. Used to be really fast and shifty, but still never really put it together on the field to be super successful. And uh, the interest level in him is very low. I think that you could bring him in to be a punt returner and kick returner, but in that case, you'd have Elijah Moore, Jamison Crowder, and Braxton Berrios, who are all slot receivers, Braxton Berrios being the guy that can punt return. If you bring Tavon Austin, that basically means you're cutting Braxton Berrios, and at that point, then, you wouldn't want to get rid of Jamison Crowder to have Tavon Austin, who can hardly play receiver, mixed with Elijah Moore. I think that it would just be kind of a, you know, if somebody gets injured, again, it's good just doing due diligence and everything, but he doesn't seem like a guy that makes sense for this team right now. And then when you look at uh, the Julio Jones news that he's asking for a, a trade, requesting one out of Atlanta, he spent his whole career there and now he's looking to go elsewhere, 
people are wondering, is it worth maybe Joe Douglas giving a look there? Possibly trading a draft pick second rounder, they're saying, potentially to get him. I think no as well. I think that we have a good young receiving court, the best it's been in a while. I think we have a lot of work to do still to keep the cap that he costs, to have rollover into next year would be a lot more important and beneficial. Putting Julio Jones in the field would take reps away from a guy like Denzel Mims, Elijah Moore, you know, people that we really need to start to see play. And yes, he would be exciting and he could come out and potentially put in some really good games, but he has been healthy in a long time. And I think that just the opportunity cost of bringing him in, it doesn't seem worth it to me. We're not a team that's really competing for it right now. I don't think that he would really even want to be here either. There's a very good chance the Falcons have more upside for this coming 2021 season of the Jets. So that's just kind of my thoughts on Julio Jones. Other than that, there's really not much Jets news going on right now. They are doing some rookie minicamps and stuff, getting some players back there. The Jets have a ton of people showing up, which is great to see. This is definitely an organization and coaching staff that players want to come out for. And there's a reason that the Jets and Joe Douglas have been signing people that have great character, you know, leaders, hard workers and stuff. You can see it coming out and they've got like 80 guys showing up and other teams have anywhere from 70, 60, 50, and even less than that. So good for the Jets. Good to see everybody coming out. The Knicks... This is not a Knicks podcast. We hardly ever talk about the Knicks, but I am a big Knicks fan, and they are in the playoffs for the first time playing against the Hawks. They're going to have another game tomorrow, and that is super exciting. So in reality, my focus is, if you follow me on Twitter, you've noticed that I've hardly said anything for like a week and a half because all of my focus right now that the draft is over is really on the Knicks because this hasn't happened since I was in college, 2013. Totally different part of my life back then. I've been watching these Knicks for the last few years, you know, the whole time since 2013, and not enjoyed it. And now, finally, they're a young, scrappy, fun team, and they're up in a series against the Hawks. They can actually win, potentially, if they get back on track on Wednesday. It's a good time. So it's fun. New York playoffs. Great to see. But the next order of business, before we get into the schedule and talk about that, we're going to do a father time, because we've got a father time this week, and he's talking schedule. My dad, that is. We're going to give him the first word, because we've been switching what's on tap with father time. I think it makes more sense up here. So without further ado, this is this week's Father Time submission written by my father, David Burnham. Here we go. The experts don't have much love for the 2021 New York Jets. Most are casting them off, saying that we'll pick in the top five in the 2022 draft. Rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, new offense and defense. Well, the Jets may not be the 2021 Cinderella team, but when the dust settles, they will be outside of the top five in the draft. A quick look for us. Can they beat Sam and the Panthers? Split with Mac Jones or the sadly decrepit Cam Newton, a quarterback in New England, I expect a minimum of two wins in the AFC East. They play the Broncos, Falcons, Bengals, Eagles, Jaguars, and Texans. The Jets are clearly on the rise, and you can't say that about all those teams. We will get our wins, and we'll surprise a few of the better teams. And notice that there are no West Coast trips, trips that are usually disastrous for the Jets. Robert Sala is going to extract every inch of willpower out of this young team, and they will love every minute of it. And remember, Joe Douglas is only drafting and signing the best people he can find. Good people who are good players. My question is, who will be the captain of the captains? End scene. So that is this week's Father Time. My dad talking about what is coming up for the New York Jets. He's right, not a lot of people are expecting the Jets to have a very good season. When you look through the the teams that he's mentioning, you know, Falcons, Bengals, Eagles, Jaguars, and Texans, you can easily see... I don't know. You can easily see three, four wins in there. Then you got teams like New England, Miami, Carolina. I mean, are there potentially a few more wins? If you're winning six, seven, eight games, you're not going to be top five most likely. And that's probably around where the Jets are looking to finish in the season. I'm going to do my predictions in a little bit. But, you know, they aren't as horrible 
as people are saying, and they are on the rise. And they've got a good coaching staff. And when you talk about the people that Joe Douglas is bringing in and the type of coach that Robert Sala is, it's kind of similar to that Knicks thing. You know, you've got a couple veterans. You've got a coach that wants to push people to be the very best versions of themselves that they can possibly be. And that means a lot to a young player. And when you bring in guys that are team-oriented, leaders, guys that leave it all on the floor, academics, all that stuff, like the New York Jets and the young players that we're bringing in have and do, it makes it a little bit easier to reach them. These are good people. These aren't punks or jerks. These aren't selfish me players. These are guys that are coming in here to do their job, and we've got a coach who's going to inspire them. And my dad is absolutely right on that. So I think that when it, when it comes down to it, it goes back and forth. People talk about rosters. This team is good because the roster is good. This team's bad because the roster is bad. They also talk about coaching. Oh, this coach makes this team better. This coach makes this team worse. they got to fire them. You know, sometimes the coach seems really, really important. Other times it seems like, well, we just need a quarterback. Other times it seems like, well, we just need a good draft. There's always something that you're pointing to. But all we know for sure is somewhere in there, coaching is important. We don't know exactly what factor that has. If you have a good coach versus a bad coach with a team, exactly how many wins does that add? There's no way to know or tell. But we know that Robert Sala is going to be net positive for this team. And we also know that Adam Gates was net negative for this team. So if they were a two-win team last year, they should have been probably a three or four team with that roster. And hopefully we're improving it. And then you bring in a coach that can bring one, two more games. I mean, we're moving in the right direction, and we're going to see that with Robert Sala, and we're going to surprise some teams and some fans and some pundits around the league because they are going to buy in. You can already see it. Already in training camps, the players are buying in, and it's going to pay dividends. I can guarantee you that. They're not going to be a 10-1 team. They might not be the Cinderella team. My dad said it. They might not be the Cinderella team, but they will surprise some people, and they will be moving in the right direction. So great father time. Thank you, Dad. Appreciate that one. And now we're just going to talk... New York Jets 2021 schedule. All right, so starting with the strength of schedule, the New York Jets have a .489 strength of schedule. That is the winning percentage of the teams that they're playing last year in 2020. So that's about middle of the pack, a little bit better than average in terms of easiness. We've got 17 games. The team that we add in at the end is the Eagles. So that's another fourth-place schedule, so that helps us get that number down. Now, this is an interesting stat because there is absolutely a correlation between strength of schedule and record. In the years that the Jets have had a very easy strength of schedule, you see their winning percentage is higher. In the years that they have a very difficult strength of schedule, their winning percentage is lower by, you know, a, a small amount, but enough to make a difference. That said, it is not an exact science or an exact stat because as the years go on, these teams change very quickly. And the strength of schedule is basing everything off of if everybody is what they were last season, then this is how difficult your schedule is. Now, that's interesting because... On one hand, if we're saying that strength of schedule means something, then the team that had a record from last year that we're using for strength of schedule this year actually had their record created by the strength of schedule from the previous year, which potentially could have thrown off their number from that season, which we don't take into account in any of this. So it's definitely kind of confusing, but like an example would be the Browns, who had a very easy strength of schedule last season playing the NFC East, winning a lot of games, and had double-digit wins. So you assume now, looking at them, if they're on your schedule, that, okay, we have to play a very difficult team in the Browns, but it's not taking into account the fact that they only won so many games last year because they had an easy strength to schedule the previous year. So that's one of the reasons that there's some discrepancies in it. And the other is that these teams are not the same. And when you look at some of the teams the Jets are playing, the New Orleans Saints, who's going to play quarterback there? It's not going to be Drew Brees. The Eagles will not be having Carson Wentz play. The Colts, they won't be having Phillip Rivers play. And the Texans may not have Deshaun Watson. Patriots could have a new quarterback. The Jaguars will have a new quarterback. There's a lot of teams on this schedule that you look at and say, well, if the quarterback plays X, you know, nuke, all that stuff. 
all that stuff. So strength of schedule, take it with a grain of salt, but this is an easier schedule. I actually think it might be easier than even the strength of schedule shows because I think some of these teams that have changed drastically maybe have changed for the worse. You know, when I look at a team like the Eagles, the Texans, the Colts, the Saints, I think a few of those teams are regressing. So maybe their strength of schedule isn't indicative of how good they're going to actually be in 2021. So what comprises of this schedule and its strength? We start with the AFC South, one of the easiest divisions in all of football, and probably the weakest division in the AFC. So that's a nice little start right there, four games. The NFC South, that's a division that has been pretty good over the years, but there's a lot of new faces. Drew Brees is gone. You're going to be playing Jameis Winston, probably. You're going to be playing Sam Darnold over there. Then you got your own division, the AFC East. You'll play both of those teams, or all three of those teams, two times each. Kind of a new look there from the Patriots because they may be playing Mac Jones and they spent a ton of money in the offseason. The Dolphins are trying to improve and two is going to be coming into his second year. And the Bills are the team right now to dethrone under Josh Allen, who's been really, really good early on in his career, but still has a lot more to prove if he wants to be you know, a fixture in this league and one of the top quarterbacks for a long time. And we've got the fourth place schedule from last year because we came in fourth. So we'll be playing the Bengals and the Broncos, who finished in the same spots in their divisions. And that 17th game, the Eagles, a fourth place team, from the opposite conference that we're not playing divisionally. So that's the Eagles. Ends up making a pretty easy schedule overall. Not a ton of glam and glory on the schedule. Some of these teams, not huge headliners. When it came down to it, with the Jets' record from last year and the matchups they have this year, we end up with one single primetime game, a Thursday night football game against the Colts, which is hardly even primetime, in my opinion. It's an NFL Network game against the Colts. I mean... It is an 8 o'clock game that many people across the country and world will be watching, but it doesn't have the same sort of feel and hype as a Sunday night and Monday night football game, which we have none of this year. And frankly, that's perfectly fine. As Zach Wilson, Robert Sala, and this new young team tries to get their footing and start laying the groundwork for the future, keep the eyes off. Let us get there and surprise some people later on. We've got one London game, so that one's really exciting. That doesn't happen very often. And it's actually against the Falcons, and it's a Falcons home game. So when that happens, you're like... Hell yeah. One of the home games became a neutral game. And the Jets currently have 13 1 p.m. slated games, possibly 14. They've got a 9.30 game in London. They've got an 8.20 game Thursday night football. They've got a single 4 o'clock game against the Broncos. And other than that, it's 13 1 p.m. games and then a TBD game against the Dolphins on the 18th or 19th of December when they start putting in those Saturday games potentially. The Jets, if they're doing really well, they may be flexed into a good spot, but there's a very good chance that just becomes a game hidden under all the other games 1 p.m. on Sunday. So potentially 14 1 p.m. games. So very consistent, very easy to plan your schedule now ahead of time. It's like, all right, when football season starts up until January 9th, basically every single Sunday at 1. That's what's going on. Then so when you look at the makeup of these games, it's going to end up being nine home games, seven away games, and one neutral site game. Saying, how is that possible? How are we playing two more home games than away games. Well, the first one, the Atlanta game, is the neutral site game because it's a home game for Atlanta. The Jets are playing in London. No team should have the advantage there. If anything, I mean, the Falcons will be the team selling the merch and getting people going at the door and trying to, like, you know, hype the people in the area. But the Jets are probably the more well-known team overseas just because they're from a big city of New York. And Woody Johnson was the U.K. ambassador. And so it's very possible that uh, the Jets can actually have a very big showing in London. Then aside from that... The other additional home game the Jets have, that's the Eagles game because we had one NFC team from a division in the NFC that we're not currently playing from the same spot as the Jets, the fourth-place schedule. Jets are playing the Eagles this year, and just the way it works with this new 17-game schedule, the entire AFC 
gets a home game against the entire NFC this year. And next year, we'll do the exact same thing. We'll play a random NFC team that finishes in the same spot. It's not random, but it'll seem random. Um, We don't know who it is right now. Up for grabs. But the NFC will be the home team in that situation. So the Jets have nine home games compared to seven away games and one neutral site game. So I think that that bodes very well for them. Now, the next order of business is going to be to go over the schedule game by game and actually make predictions for each game, ending in a total record for the Jets. My prediction for the season that will be made officially official, you know, for now until injuries and stuff happen. Maybe I want to revisit it. But before we do all that anyway, we do have to take a quick pit stop at the cooler for a little what's on tap. That is right, folks. This is what's on tap. And today I'm drinking Sloop Brewing's Test Pilot. What? Test Pilot. That is right. It has a jet on it. In my opinion, it's a New York jet because this brewery, Sloop Brewing, is from New York. So this is essentially a Jets beer in a very roundabout sort of way. It was a gift from fiance Shannon because she saw it and thought of me and thought that maybe I would like it for the podcast. She was absolutely right. Right away, I'm like, perfect. A perfect podcast. What's on tap beer? It's one of my favorite breweries. I love uh, Sloop Juice Bomb. And they're super soft. IPA as well, two of my favorites. And now this one's really good, so I haven't made a trip up to the brewery yet, but I certainly will because it's another good one. This one, Test Pilot, is explained as being an IPA exploring the outer limits of hop flavor with experimental hop strain, HBC 630. I have no idea what that hop strain is, HBC 630, never heard of it. But it tastes very similar to the typical New England-style IPA hops. It just probably is a little bit less fruity, I imagine it's not, I actually have it in the can, so I don't know how hazy it is. I'm imagining it's not super hazy, but I've been wrong before. It's a little bit bitter. It's not as smooth as their other beers. I prefer it less than the others, but it is a nice treat. 6%, cool blue can, made in Hopeville Junction, New York. So, uh, yeah, just another nice beer. Another good what's on tap treat, and that is what we're doing today. Now we're going to get back to the schedule, but before I do that, got to do a quick commercial break. Alrighty, welcome back to This Is The Jet Life. We are going to talk New York Jets 2021 schedule. So first, before we go through like a deep game by game, let's just go through the order of the games really quickly. Season starts on September 12th, goes through January 9th. The Jets will play 17 games. That's an 18-game week as we have one bye week, week five. It's going to be basically October 17th. The Jets won't be playing. It's an early buy. I don't love it, but you got to deal with the cards you're dealt. And uh, it's actually week six, the bye week. My apologies, but it still is October 17th. When you look at the season, starting on September 12th, the NFL has a very dark, evil sense of humor. Um, we're playing the Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold week one in Carolina, followed by a home game, the Jets' first home opener of the season, New England Patriots, and at Denver Broncos, home for the Titans, at Tottingham, Tottingham something palace or, or stadium or so, I don't know. I don't watch soccer, but a London game against the Falcons. Then the bye week in week six. Then we go to Foxborough to play against the Patriots on October 24th. And then what? Halloween game. Ooh, spooky against the Bengals. That is going to be home in New York. So hopefully we get to see a bunch of weird New Yorkers wearing a bunch of weird costumes. That will be an interesting thing. Even if the game sucks, that'll just be some fun, uh, some fun camera work for the guys. Then we go the Thursday night football game, the big one against the Indianapolis Colts, the only primetime game of the year, 8-20 on November 4th. We then continue after that with only 1 p.m. games and one TBD game. So it goes Buffalo at home, home against the Dolphins, then in Houston against the Texans, home for the Eagles, 
home for the Saints. In Miami against the Dolphins, home for the Jaguars, home for the Buccaneers, in Buffalo for the Bills. So a lot of home games towards the end of the season. And we mentioned the Jets have nine, seven away games. So you're definitely going to see a little bit more of that. But that is the schedule. And like we said, overall, it's not that difficult or that, you know, scary of a schedule. If it's up to me, I would prefer to have this schedule in a year or two because we won't get to play the AFC South for three more years. And we won't get to play probably the Eagles again, and that's kind of an easier game that you'd like to play. This is one of the schedules that, with the ambiguity too, with like the Texans, what's going on, and with the Saints, and the turnover and everything, the Patriots are trying to get their stuff figured out. It's just kind of an easy schedule, and it's probably not a year the Jets are going to be really making a deep run or really going for the playoffs, if we're being honest right now. So it kind of feels like we're using up the easier schedule, and then, of course, when the Jets are like, all right, time to start competing, it's going to be a hard schedule right away, and like, oh, of course it is. Of course it's just hard game after hard game. Probably the AFC West or something, just loaded teams across the board. Even the AFC North is going to be tough. Either way, it's going to be a tough schedule. So, whatever. Again, you play the cards you dealt. So starting with the first game, just, just so fucked up to just start the season with Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. Like, what the heck are they thinking? Robbie Anderson's going to be there, too. In one respect, it's going to be great because I plan on following Sam Darnold's career very, very closely. It's going to be nice week one when there's so much excitement and hype. I can watch Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold for an entire game. That's going to be wonderful. Won't miss any of that. That said, it's just really weird and uncomfortable because I'm still not completely over Sam. I still don't really even know Zach Wilson. It's like it's like meeting a new woman that you think is absolutely wonderful and you can't wait to start dating her, but the first place that you bring her, the first party is just the love of your life that broke your heart is there also. And you're just like, oh, well, this is a horrible start to the relationship, and this is going to make everything awkward and uncomfortable for the rest of the evening. And that's kind of what we're going through. I mean, I'd be happy for Sam to see him play well, but I obviously want to beat the piss out of the Panthers and win game one and see Zach Wilson rock and roll. That's what we want to see. So it's going to be an emotional day. So much excitement, maybe some, maybe some anger, some sadness, some depression, and hopefully, hopefully, a lot of cheers. So moving on from that one, now it just gets to like normal stuff. Get that one out of the way early. Now we're talking New England. That's going to be a weird rivalry game because, you know, they've been beating us up for like 20 years. And we beat them up a little bit before that. And we have had some playoff success against them a little bit, but I don't think they consider us a big rival. But they're the team that we want to beat up. And even though they didn't make the playoffs last year, and they're nowhere near the team that they were when they had Tom Brady, It still is like, let's beat them up. And they got Mac Jones, a new young quarterback that they drafted in the first round this year. And we don't know what he's going to be like. Is he going to be ready to play week one? Maybe, maybe not. But you hope not. Because if he ends up being another Tom Brady, we have to deal with this stuff for another 20 years. That would be horrible. That would be so miserable. And no New York Jets, no fan in the world deserves something like that. That sort of torture and torment from a single team, you know, two hours away. I don't think it's going to happen. But we're going to find out, and hopefully we get to see the Patriots kind of have some issues. I have the Jets beating the Panthers in Week 1, beating Sam Darnold, because, you know, that's why we have Zach Wilson and not Sam Darnold, because Zach Wilson's supposed to be better. So I think we win that game. Against the Patriots? Home? The Jets' home opener? Coming off a hot win against the Panthers? I think we win that one, too. The Jets are 2-0 at this point. I love it. But then we go to Denver. We play against the Broncos at 4 p.m., so we travel a little bit to the west, but they got a really good defense in Denver, 
and that's going to be a very tough game to win. I know Drew Locke is not the most exciting quarterback in the world and probably will be replaced, if I was guessing, in the next couple of years, if not, you know, this or next year. But if he's playing, he's got the weapons and he's got the defense. It's going to be very hard for Zach Wilson, even if he's looking good the first two weeks, to beat a Denver Broncos defense that I predict will probably be top five in the NFL. I say loss. Tennessee Titans, the next game on October 3rd, it's a home game for the Jets, but that's a team that's been very successful over the years. Ryan Tannehill takes care of the ball. Derrick Henry smashes it down your face, and Mike Vrabel's a fun coach. He's kind of similar to that. Robert Sala fires people up, gets them going. You know, I hope that Robert Sala will be slightly better than Mike Vrabel, but I think the Titans are a team that's more established and probably going to be difficult for the Jets to beat. I'll say lost there. When you talk about the Falcons game, I'm not super impressed with the Falcons. Going to London, I mean, I'm going to chalk it up as a win. I think it's going to be a fun game because it's kegs and eggs, 9.30, wake up, have a little, uh, whether you want to do like Bloody Marys, you want to do mimosas or peach bellinis or something, you get to do a little bit of, you know, different style. And then you have the whole day to watch all the 1 o'clock games, to watch all the 4 o'clock games. And if we win, it's going to be an awesome, awesome Sunday starting super early. So I have a win there. Got to win that one. Then the bye week in week six. Bad time to have a bye. There's so much, so much season after that that you don't have a lot of time to get caught up. But you never know. I mean, the bye week can be very, very helpful. You never know if, like, all of a sudden Zach Wilson has, like, a little, just a little aggravated hamstring or something like that, and you're like, we're really happy to have the bye week right now. It could end up being a godsend. We'll see. So then the Jets play the Patriots for the second time, this time in Foxborough. They have not played another AFC East team yet, no division rivals, except for the Patriots at this point. We get them out of the way early in Foxborough. I had them win in the first one. They lose this one. Then the October 31st game, Halloween. It's going to be a crazy game. The Bengals, those fans dress up weird enough as it is. Now you got them dressing up. You got New York people at the home game dressing up for Halloween. But when it comes down to it, I think the Jets are just moving at a faster pace and making a team better and the right way. The Bengals are not. They have a good quarterback, sure. Hopefully so do we. But we're investing in the offensive line in the trenches and our coaching staff. They have what looks to be not a very good coach with not a very good offensive line, and they're going for skill position players. I think the Jets have the upper hand. I think they win that game. Then on November 4th, the Thursday night football game, the big primetime game, the big spot against Carson Wentz and the Colts. But the Colts are a well-coached team, and they're made the right way also. That's kind of like the way you hope the New York Jets are building themselves, obviously with a better quarterback in there. But the way that they're built is sound, and they're probably going to be a good team. And for Zach Wilson playing his first primetime game, it's hard for me to say when. I'm going to go lost there. The Buffalo Bills now we're playing. We haven't played them yet. We finished the entire Patriots series. We split that one. But now we start up against the Bills. And this one's home November 14th. They're a good team. They're way better than us. They are kind of what we're hoping to be. And we lose it, unfortunately. But the good news is we followed up the next week with our first game against the Dolphins. Home game November 21st against the Dolphins. We win that one because Tua Tungavailoa is just not flashy or zippy enough to get the points on the board, and Zach Wilson is. And Zach Wilson's going to put up 30 points, and Tua can't catch him. Then we play the Texans, who probably don't have Deshaun Watson playing, maybe have Terod Taylor or Davis Webb. Even if they have Deshaun Watson, that team is such a mess, and the people in the front office and everything is just so messed up that we win that game. We also win the following week. This is going to be a three-game winning streak as the Jets now beat 
The Philadelphia Eagles, and the biggest reason we win this game is it's on my birthday. December 5th, no question the Jets are going to show up for me. But also, new coach there, young quarterback, kind of a struggling team. A lot of question marks there. you got some older, aging veterans. We don't know what they have left in the tank. And then you've got some young guys that they're relying very, very heavily on. We don't really know what they are yet. Similar to the Jets, but I think a little bit more ambiguity, and I trust our situation a lot better than theirs, and it's my birthday. So a win and a three-game winning streak. Unfortunately, we can't keep it going. Even though the Saints don't have Drew Brees anymore, and they're probably playing Jameis Winston, and we do have the Saints coming up to MetLife December 12th. You know, they're kind of a warm-weather team. I looked it up. Typically, the cold for New Orleans is like 47 degrees. They very, very rarely have freezing temperature days. When they come up on December 12th, it's probably going to be colder than they're used to, for sure. You know, they're a dome team. We're going to have them outside. Hopefully it's snowing. Hopefully it's a blizzard or something. But if it's not, the Saints are just a very well-coached team, and they're the type of team that preys on young, inexperienced teams. And even though we're going to be coached well, we still have young guys, and it still takes time. You know, when you become a veteran, you learn so much. Wisdom and stuff doesn't happen overnight, regardless of how good your coaching is, because it has to eventually become, you know, subconscious. You're not thinking about what you have to do. You're just doing it because you've done it so many times. Repetition and things. All gas, no brakes, but you have to work on it and it takes time. The Saints will probably be able to pick us apart, even though it's going to be a cold weather game for them. I say loss. Then we go to the Kleenex box, aka Hard Rock Stadium, to play the Dolphins. 18th or 19th. We don't actually know which day of the week this is. It could be flexed if the Jets and Dolphins are playing well, maybe to like a Saturday evening game, which definitely could be kind of fun. But when it's all said and done, do I really think we're going to sweep the Dolphins this year? No. I had us win in the home game, so I don't think we're going to probably win the second game. They do have a good defense. They do have some good players. They do have our number over the last couple of years. We probably lose that game. December 26th now. This is a fun one. The day after Christmas, we just get so many presents, so many goodies, see all the fam, and then Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars come up from Florida to New York to get absolutely roasted by Zach Wilson and the Jets. The better quarterback takes down Trevor Lawrence shows the whole world why he was drafted and why the Jaguars made a big mistake and helps do the NFL a big favor in moving Urban Meyer one step closer to the door and getting him out of the NFL where he does not belong. So the Jets win that game against Trevor Lawrence. Big spot. Again, Florida team, warm weather team coming up. Coming up north, coming into the cold in the middle of the late December. And then beautiful right after that, the Buccaneers. A home game against the Buccaneers. So you just had the Saints travel north. You just went down to play the Dolphins, but then the Jaguars from Florida traveling north, followed by the Buccaneers traveling north in late December, early January. Now, Tom Brady is totally used to playing in the cold. He played in Foxborough for years. He has our number. They will probably beat us. I have a scheduled for a loss, but a lot of those players don't like playing in the cold. They aren't super used to it, and it could be beneficial to the Jets. Maybe give us a little bit of an edge. Still, I have us losing that game. That puts us at 8-8 eight and eight going into the final game of the season that will determine if the Jets a winning team or a losing team against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. I had us losing the first game against Buffalo on November 14th. Unfortunately, I have us losing again. The Buffalo Bills are a very good team. The Jets just aren't there yet. Final schedule, final prediction, 8-9. and nine. I always said without looking at it and having like a, a deep run-through of what's going on, I always said somewhere between like six and eight wins. It's not a playoff record, but it is absolutely steps in the right direction. The Jets will have a lot of cap space going into the following year. The Jets will have mul- multiple first-round picks. They will probably be drafting with an 8-9 record in the earlier half of the first round with at least one of the picks. Hopefully the Seahawks continue to suck. 
and get worse and worse, and Russell Wilson wants his way out, and that team falls apart, and we get a nice pick there, that would be awesome. But the team will continue moving in the right direction, and the other side of it is your division is very important. We have to see, can Josh Allen hold up, keep doing what he's doing? Is Tua Tungabailoa the answer, or do the Dolphins have to reset and rebuild, because that would be great? And is Mac Jones the answer? Because in reality, when you look at it, this is the big one for me. I know the Bills are the team to beat, but you like you still kind of are fixated on the Patriots because you're a Jets fan. When it comes down to it, Bill Belichick just invested so much money and draft picks and stuff into getting these guys that should hopefully turn the team around and make them better. And if it doesn't work, at his age, he's going to retire. And then it's truly going to be over. They will have none of the old coaches, none of the old players, and it'll be a total rebuild at that point. Because if he is this amazing coach that everybody wants to make him out to be, even though he was, you know, being carried by the greatest quarterback we've ever seen, if he is so special, then the minute they put in anybody else at coach, it should be an instant downgrade. And the team already is a non-playoff team. So hopefully Mac Jones and everything fails. We can expedite this process, get the whole team torn torn to pieces, and not worry about them for another 20 years. So... It's an interesting schedule. I think there's definitely opportunity for the Jets to play some very competitive games. When you look at this, there's no, like, you're not playing the Chiefs in here. There's no Ravens. There's no Steelers. There's no Rams. I mean, you do play the Bucs who are the Super Bowl winner and stuff, but when you look at, like, these really high-powered teams and offenses, there's not a ton of them. And a lot of these games, yeah, we're probably going to lose. I have them losing to, like, you know, the Dolphins and losing to the Bills and losing to the Broncos and the Colts and the Titans. But these aren't teams that are necessarily going to come in and just pummel us. I've been saying on this podcast since we made our draft and everything, this is one of the most unknown Jets teams we've ever had because we've got a young general manager, a brand-new head coach, brand-new DC and OC, brand-new quarterback, and then players across the board, and we're switching our scheme on our offense and defensive side of the ball. The only thing that's remaining constant is special teams, but hopefully we're going to have a different guy kicking. So it's going to be very weird to see exactly how this stuff settles, but I imagine that with Robert Sala and the unit that we have, and the drafting of Joe Douglas, the team will end up coming out of the dust a little bit better than we imagine, a little bit better than we hope, a little bit better than average. So, steps in the right direction, fun season ahead. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Now, I'm going to be back in two weeks. I don't know what I'm going to do for the podcast in two weeks. It's going to be, what's the date? Today is the 25th. We will be doing that podcast on the 8th, most likely. Check Twitter, at Jets underscore Dan, for updates, because if I'm switching the podcast or anything like that, I always update everybody on there, give you a heads up, but we'll see. Maybe there will be some big, huge breaking news regarding the Jets. But as time goes on, there will be more football played, there will be more information out there, and before we know it, we are going to be playing real live-action games, and it's going to be a lot of fun. The team is positioned for the future, absolutely. And the future's coming. I had fun doing this podcast. Thank you all for joining me for the schedule preview. Eight and nine record prediction for the New York Jets. Moving on up. Getting back to the glory days of 1969. Thank you for joining me. I'm Dan Burnham, and this is The Jet Life. (laughs) 